Hey, how you doing, listeners? This is a another episode of Serving Up Comics, part of the Waffle Press podcast. Um, I'm here with a cool guest, uh, a friend of mine who I met at uh, Comic Con. I think we met at a at a panel, um, and yeah, we just yeah, yeah we just kind of hit it off. He gave me a free graphic novel. Uh, I want to welcome to the show uh, Wyatt Kennedy. How you doing, Wyatt? Hey man, I'm doing good. Yeah, no, I think it was I think it was the G4 oh. like anniversary panel or something like that. I think yes. it was like the one year or something. It was it was yeah. like one year and keep going or something. <laughs> yeah, the uh one year we're back and then then it wasn't. Um yeah, I don't I don't know. Yeah, this is uh yeah, uh part of my uh, part of my history, part of the lore. Yeah, G4. <laughs> There, I was there to see uh Kasim. That was that was the first mm-hmm. time him synced up in person because he had been a, a fan of Bolero. And that's why he has the uh the forward in mm-hmm. it. I've been, a, I've been a fan of Kasim's for like since I was like <laughs> since yeah. I was in high school. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Would make him feel old. <laughs> he's not that old. He's not that old. Um I could also attest Kasim G uh, worked with him at G4. Nice guy, great dude. He's he's excellent. He's a, he's an absolute gentleman. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, he wrote the forward for uh, your book, Bolero. Um, mm-hmm. Great graphic novel. I enjoyed it. Um, thank you again for the free copy last yeah, year. Definitely. I read it. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Um, it's cool to have you on because I think we were been trying to do this for a little bit. So yeah, yeah. No, I remember. I remember you reaching out and then me being like, "Hell yeah!" And then like, I think like the most insane following year of my life of work and moving and mm-hmm. just like a whole bunch of stuff kind of just got in the way. And now that things have stabilized, I'm like, okay, I, I. I've, I'm I'm in control of my ship. I can do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So thank you for having me, man. All oh, all, yeah. all this time later, I appreciate you not just being like fuck off. You missed your window. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I have like you know always like I have like a good memory, so I like I think of like people to have on or like bring on the show. You know, like it's all like in a document somewhere. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but yeah, it's like a cool party guest. But yeah, um. No, yeah, it's it's cool. You know, I love your work. You know, it's been cool. Um, seeing you know, seeing like different comics of yours come out. I guess in the last year. Um, well, we'll talk about it later. Um, you have a comic coming out called Nights. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, just um, for any listeners um that you know aren't familiar, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah. Um, so I was uh I I was born in New York City. I was born in uh Queens, and then. Uh, kind of after my folks split, I moved to Florida, where a lot of my time I grew up in like St. Petersburg, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of where like the basis for nights uh, is like Santa Pedro, St. Pete's, just like all the fucking same. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just really I had that, you know, I, I had that quintessential art kid origin story of like, yeah. I was really lonely and I was an indoor kid. Mm. You know, it's like the first medium you fall in love with is like film. And, you know, I didn't grow up, I, I didn't really read comics consistently until I was a teenager because I didn't have any access to them. Oh. So, I, I never, I didn't, I, I think, I genuinely think the first comic book that I ever actually read um, was, it was at a, I think it was at like a Dollar General one time. I was with my sister for some reason. Mm. I was like, you know, I'm like probably like 10 or something. Yeah. And they had like, 
a bunch of like super cheap reprints of um the first uh, issue of Amazing Spider-Man. Um, oh, nice. You know, it's, and it's you know it, it sounds like the most like it sounds so yeah. cliche of like and I read Spider-Man number one written by Stan Lee with art by <laughs> Steve Ditko. And mm-hmm. it changed my life. You know, meanwhile, I'd seen the Raimi films and I had like watched, you know, the cartoons and stuff. I knew who Spider-Man was, but yeah. like, you know, I, I hadn't really like been around like comic books that much. Yeah. Um, and then I would say it was like, uh, uh, you know, going like, you know, back when, back when Borders bookstore was still a thing. Oh, I love those. I love Borders. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful, beautiful sections and seeing them. And then I think like uh, my first, like, my first major comic that I hunted down when I went back on a trip to New York was a hardcover version of um, J. Michael Straczynski's Amazing Spider-Man, mm. The Other Run. Oh, and yeah. that was like the first comic. I remember I bought, it was like a thick hardcover. I bought it because I remember it was like, uh, when, I, when I wanted to educate myself on something that I had no access to by the time that I was like preteen, mm-hmm. we had the internet. So I would just go on to like, marvel wikipedia or like whatever and just like read about like oh my god all this stuff that's happened in comics that's crazy and then when i got to like you know what was then reason of like spider-man is dead you know and yeah. I was like, oh god i gotta figure out what that means like i can't believe they killed spider-man you know 29 year old me right now laughing it's like no first time uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> first time um, he dies comes back Comes back every single, you know, and then, uh, yeah, and then uh, I, I, I moved from Florida when I was like 21 to Las Vegas, and then uh, pandemic happened, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, moved to to Portland at the behest of uh, my friend Brandon, uh, Brandon Graham, who has also worked for Image um, for a very mm-hmm. long time, does amazing work, um, and um, was just like, you come to Portland and let's you know, let's figure out how to get you into comics. Cause I wanted to be a screenwriter for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to be, when I was younger, it was like 10 years old as like director. And then like 16 is like, I want to be a screenwriter. Those guys seem cool and <laughs> totally treated well. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then like somewhere in the middle, it all just kind of like middled out to like comic book writer, you know, mm-hmm. and I love it. I, I, I do. And, and I'm, I'm still working on those other kinds of, things like i i i recently mm-hmm. just got a manager and now he's like start working on television pilots and i'm like i haven't done those i haven't even like fucked around with a screenplay format in like years so now yeah. it's like, actually scary and exciting to do but yeah now i'm now i'm here in portland and i'm I'm hoping to bounce across between like portland and and la but yeah no i'm i'm i'm, I'm just keeping to myself these days yeah no that's good it's good to like stay busy uh you know it's been cool kind of like because we follow each other on instagram yeah. see seeing like you know like all the like cool you know cool stuff you're getting into and everything and yeah i've been like buying uh nights and everything i appreciate but, uh, that yeah yeah <laughs> of course um yeah i was gonna say yeah i know it's cool knowing your uh comic book origin story you know <laughs> it's uh certainly it it's was so uh, cliche it's so uh, like it's the most baseline, like, you know, uh, like, like you read like Hideo Kojima's background. And it's like, mm-hmm. he was a lonely boy who moved around a lot and really liked movies. And it's like, yeah, it's same as the rest of us, pal, get mine. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. But it's like, he's Hideo Kojima. So it's mm-hmm. like the end result is like, yeah, that lonely childhood really formed him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. It really did. <laughs> something about because I'm an only child. Something about being by yourself and having no one to interact with like forces you to 
be creative or like you know See, at, least, like, at least you kind of had that i had an i had an old i have an older sister mm -hmm. you know but like she she was not into the you know the stuff that that i was into at all there was yeah. no you know we were we were each other's best friends when we were kids but there came that you know that that separation point when you get older where you're like well, I'm into this particular kind of stuff and she has no fucking interest in that whatsoever. And now she's hanging out with people her age and I'm still just like hanging out by myself. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, no, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's like, you know, like I love like always like hearing about like people's like first comic or something. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, I feel like you always like remember like yours, right. You know? Yeah. What was, what was yours? Uh, it was so I still have it somewhere like at my parents' <laughs> house, and it's like ripped to shreds. But it's um, I remember because it it's like I got it like at a general, like a medicine store, like when I was sick Here. or something. <laughs> yeah, I was like six years old, and freaking um, sorry, um, the comic was John Brin's Spider Man Chapter One, which is a terrible comic. <laughs> um, if anyone doesn't know, John Brin is like a weird dude, and um um it is like it's like issue seven or eight and it has like mysterio on the cover mm -hmm. and it's like i mean he's a good artist for sure yes. kind, of, yeah. kind of kind of a weird guy oh, i don't know um but like um yeah it's like it's such a weird comic because it tries to like combine um because it's a retelling and like you know of the first couple of like, the guy you went to at the time that kind yeah. of stuff yeah um like a retelling of like the first like 20 issues of spider-man amazing spider-man um and like they try to combine stuff so it's like mysterio comes in but then it's like electro is also there and these are like combining like these two different storylines that like stanley was just like winging it too right the mar he's using the marvel method they're not supposed to be like this episodic sort of thing you know like yeah. um and he makes like weird decisions like um because they have similar hair if no one noticed sandman and norman osborne are cousins in that comic what yeah the green goblin because like john Brynn was like um like can we it was like they have cornrows like they both have this weird hair they're cousins right and then someone at marvel editorial was like oh okay <laughs> yeah oh that's some that's some that's some spider-man turn off the dark level logic right there yeah 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 i've never seen that i, 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 I have really I have, did you see I it in went, person oh my i God. saw it in person in i have broadway spider-man broadway musical when i was 17 <laughs> wow it was i didn't go to one of the accident shows i went to like a they mostly pulled it off without a hitch after like all the big rewrites and everything mm -hmm. and it was fine but the main reason i went was because my mom and i saw a 60 minute special on it and it was at the height of like, it's the most expensive train wreck ever made. And they're talking about all the people that were injured and we're watching it. And at the end of the report, my mom looks at me and goes, do you want to see it? And I was like, are you serious? And she goes, well, think about it. If we go and someone hurts themselves, we have a story mm. to tell. Yeah, there you go. Go, and it's a good show. We still got a good show. So there's really no lose scenario on that. So we literally like the next weekend, like just flew to New York, saw it. And then went back the same day and we're just kind of like, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, I hope they put that on Disney Plus or something. Did you see the uh, the, the Blacklist script? Uh, 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 what was it? The, 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 I can't remember if it was like the Black Split, uh, Black, 
uh, uh, blacklist script winners, and one of them was one about a guy writing the Spider-Man musical. No. I, yeah, um, uh, I would be very oh, good no. that one because that sounds really good. <laughs> who's gonna Who's gonna play Bono or the Edge? Oh man, <laughs> play a good Bono. Yeah, someone Irish, I would imagine. <laughs> I mean, like you. I mean, if you want to go full insane stunt casting, it's like, and then and the most like lowest like low hanging fruit. It's like, I mean, Colin Farrell's right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's there right, you go. And we know that man can transform at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, he's great in he's great in Banshees of Irishman. Yeah, no, he's great. I mean, Banshees, uh, the Lobster, uh, the Batman, a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just totally unrecognizable in the Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. I think it's the only. I think yeah, I'm pretty certain. I think that might be the only Batman movie that I actually like. Oh, really, the Batman? Yeah, I and and even oh. then, it's like a it's like a seventy five percent. There's there's seventy five percent of that movie that I really really like to love, and there's twenty five percent that I'm like, not my thing. But you know, it's it's the yeah. closest it's ever hurdled over. Like I yeah. I had I had my Dark Knight phase, mm-hmm. but as I've gotten older, I think of the three Nolan ones. Batman Begins is my favorite. I feel like I'm in the yeah. minority on that one. Yeah. No. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's cool. He gets to be a detective. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's great. It's great. But that's also one of those like that's the bare minimum of like what we anticipate out of like you know a a Batman story for a movie is like he gets to like investigate stuff and it's like yeah I mean that's kind of like the foundationals mm-hmm. like it's like I want more than just like him like picking up some clues and stuff. Like, I, I think what I appreciate about the Batman is, because I'm not I'm not a Batman fan. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, DC, if they ever heard this, would be oh. like, we're not giving it to him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, my my the only Batman comic that I love is Year One. Because mm-hmm. I think that what's so great about Frank Miller's interpretation... Uh, have you read Year One? I did, yeah. That's, yeah. like, that's one of my favorite comics. What I love about year one in that split, like you're seeing it from Gordon's perspective and you're seeing it from Bruce's perspective is all of the Gordon voiceover, those like journal entries kinds of things are also like real and human and, you know, fallible and very emotional. You know, Gordon and Jim Gordon is a very complicated dude. And then you cut to like Batman or you cut to like Bruce's inner monologue. And it's like, you're reading the Unabomber. Yeah. <laughs> like, that intense creed and code and you're like oh he's fucking crazy like he's an actual fucking crazy person and they don't mince that whatsoever and i love that the batman was like the first batman movie to like be like he's kind of he's kind of a crazy person like he's not like cool yeah he's not well mentally unwell yeah or he's just like uh he has like uh was it doesn't let people in he's like what's that Oh, um, I know, I know the word. I can't. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, like they even even in the movie, like they drop the whole thing about like, oh, and Martha Wayne was also an inmate at Arkham Asylum for her mental disorder. Yeah. So, like keep going into that, and then they never do. And I'm like, ah, oh, come on, keep exploring that. That'd be great. Yeah. No, that, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um. Yeah, that's crazy that that got to be in like a Warner Brothers like official adaption of Batman. Let alone a three hour one. From the guy that did the Planet of the Apes movies. <laughs> yeah. That's their odd tw- And I love those movies. I think those movies rule, but it's just like such a weird, like, left field turn. 
yeah yeah oh my god yeah um yeah no like uh i was gonna say for um kind of going off of that what uh comics and stuff are you watching or not watching a uh, reading or anything you know um you know i'm a bad comic reader i mm -hmm. i don't read as much as i probably used to or as much as i should mm -hmm. um especially american comics i'm yeah. i read more manga these days uh -huh. uh, and i would probably let's i'm trying to think well right now i'm i'm still i'm still buckled into chainsaw man i still love chainsaw nice man. um yeah, i think we we're talking about that i read it week to week um uh as far as like older stuff um there's a really really good uh there's a really good manga called uh, Yokohama Shopping Log that I really love that finally got an American translation and, and publication. I think it was from like Yen Press or something. Or it was either Yen Press or it was uh, one of the subsidiaries of Penguin. But um, it's like such a hard book, I feel like, to sell to someone because it's a book where nothing happens, but it's mm. really beautiful. Yeah, It's uh, set on basically like, it's, it's, a, it's almost like a, a pre-apocalypse book. Mm -hmm. uh set in like a coastal town in japan uh and it's about a cyborg girl or really just like an android girl who runs a cafe mm -hmm. uh, and not much happens in it it's just her day-to-day -day hanging around these like inhabitants of this town they're all just really mellow and it's kind of just one of those like you're just kind of waiting for the end but man it's a really pretty wait you know, like mm. stuff from uh, the 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 Android main character. She gets a camera in the mail and decides that she's just going to take a bunch of photos for the day. And she just rides around on her little moped looking for things to take. And then she doesn't take anything because she just likes preserving that memory of the things that she saw that day. Mm. Yeah, and it's like four hundred chapters of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I feel like it's a really hard sell for people because it's like. No, it's not, you know, it, it's, it, I feel like I'm recommending polar opposites of like Chainsaw Man, where it's just blood and tits and it's great. And also mm -hmm. the introspective, methodic look at the human condition. Uh, mm. but I really love that. Um, uh, and not, uh, let's see, Moonray, Moonray, which is a, a, a an adaptation or I guess a tie-in of an upcoming video game that my comics mentor Brandon Graham did that just oh. got released in hardcover. Nice. Um, I, I did some work for it, uh, but that won't be out until the third volume. Um, okay. That's great and and really gorgeous. Nice. Um, and then I get I guess like I love I love championing like stuff that's just under the radar that probably most people have never heard of. But I think my favorite comic that Image ever published. Uh, is a completely silent comic called A Land Called Tarot. Okay. Uh, I forget the name of the artist, um, but it is, the only way I can describe it is if you took your memory of what it was like seeing a Final Fantasy, like early Final Fantasy box art, mm -hmm. and what your imagination could just spawn off from that. There are no rules to it. Like I said, it's silent. There's no dialogue whatsoever, but it is just so fucking beautiful yeah and this wonderful like just on a visual level just has this wonderful internal like fairy tale logic to it that i just love and the art is just absolutely gorgeous but like and you and it's still available people can still find it. it's still in 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 hardcover but a land called tarot is like one of the most like it it's my like top five like must read mm. book yeah okay i'm definitely checking this out i'm always interested like in what people are reading or watching you know 
kind of like informs like yeah like what you know what to watch or something you know oh yeah what to read yeah but yeah no definitely uh yeah definitely checking those out you're trying to you know oh yeah um, yeah yeah um i guess it's kind of going off of that um speaking of books um let's talk about um nights which is on which is an ongoing series now it's from image comics um you had the third issue just came out last yeah. week okay uh, so, i think it was last week or the week before i can't remember yeah it's 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 one of those things of like when you're so i spent about maybe like a year of development on just like trying to get the first three issues ready to go uh Ooh. because when you when you're when you're doing work with image you need to have the first three issues like locked and then they'll like do the rollouts and the announcements and and etc and so when you're making it, you're kind of really obsessed in those first three issues mm -hmm. and you read them so many times over and you're, you know, making adjustments and everything that it just stops feeling real. And now that you're, and you literally saying like the third issue came out and I was like, oh, I guess it has. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've just been looking at it like every, like I got, I got my, my comps for issue four and it's weird because that feels like we just finished doing that like yesterday. Yeah. And now that that's like out. So it's like weird that it's like the the feelings of working on it and the release date are coming neck and neck in real time now. Mm -hmm. that, oh, this this is real. Oh, bizarre. Like it never yeah. it never fully sets in that it's like a real thing that people own. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, yeah, I have like the first two issues. Um, I need to get the third one. I will. Yeah, they uh, are, are the comic store that I go to. It's a House of Secrets right now, and they mm. and they ran out. So. Oh wow! Better. Yeah, oh, that's wonderful to hear. Yeah, <laughs> hyping you up, but yeah, I'm gonna. They said they'd order the next one, so I'm a little behind. But uh, just just going off of that, like, um, I've been really enjoying it. Um, you know, I read your first graphic novel, and I really enjoy kind of like the like nuance or kind of like like I don't know. Notice like kind of talks about like a lot of like emotional like relationships and connections and like how kind of like muddy you know like stuff yeah. could be or just like i don't know i've never you know had like a comic where it just talks about like yeah you know like sometimes like you know you have friends and then like guys have like feels or like stuff like that you know and then just like <laughs> stuff you know because it's like i think that's really cool can you talk a little bit about yeah. some of that like nuance and stuff you bring to it i i appreciate that i don't know i mean it's like i i as I get older, I think it's just the stuff that I'm more attracted to as as time goes on. Um, and I'm very, you know, I, if you read my stuff, all you're doing is you're reading a time capsule of like what I was really into and what I was really feeling at the time. Mm -hmm. I feel like Bolero and Knights are on this kind of like, you know, it's, uh, Bolero was me dealing with um, my alcoholism and my depression. Mm. Um, and it's very transparent in the book. Yeah. Um, you know, and and me when I when I was making that book, I didn't really think about any other people on that one. Like I wasn't really thinking about like what a reader's gonna think or the the it was just kind of like my own private like art project that yeah. then just happened to be published and then you know now it's in bookstores and blah blah blah. Um and it was it was weird letting go of that for a while um, mm. and, and, and how important it was to me and how I think I didn't register how personal it was like yeah. telling this really personal story and being vocal about like, this was really personal is one thing. But then when you have other people like 
connecting to it or talking about it or dissecting it, it kind of takes a new life form where it's kind of like, you know, you're talking about me, you know, yeah. you're, it feels way more heightened in that way. Yeah. And then, you know, after Bolero was done, I, th I think I even put in the postscript for it in the, in the trade and in the final issue that I was like, I'm probably never going to write anything like this again because I'm happy now, you know, I'm, my yeah. life is better. And I feel like that happiness shifts into nights, you know? Mm -hmm. um, oh, hang on one second. Oh yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, sorry, that was my, that was my lovely wife waking up mm -hmm. asking where I am. And I'm like, oh. I'm upstairs. <laughs> oh, no, it's all good. I'm, could... I'm doing an interview. Um, yeah, no, no, I could edit that out too. So. Oh no, you're fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, jumping into nights was like, you know, I was happy. Um, you know, I, 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 I've been with my wife for a while and, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think that happiness kind of afforded me the ability to chill out a little bit. I think with mm -hmm. nights, I wasn't really thinking about what people would feel, but I still wanted to prove myself, yeah. um, as, as a new voice, you know, that's the first comic I ever did. I don't have any, you know, formal training in comic writing. So everything that I put out every person is going to kind of quickly realize like, oh, he's learning it in real time, yeah. you know, um, for better or worse, because I, I, you know, I'm still, I'm, I'm a student at this stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and when you read, I think if you read Bolero across those five issues, I think you can feel me getting more confident. And Knights is almost kind of like a back to square one in that I'm really proud of all the issues that come out. Um, and, and especially of all the hard work that my team does, but it still also feels a lot like, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning as I go. I'm not necessarily making it up as I go along. I do have a lot of plans mm -hmm. for, for the series and, you know, how we're, we're planning on going for like 31 issues, yeah. oh, um, wow. but you know, it's still kind of like, uh, oh, he's, you know, you, you'll notice me kind of pulling out like certain, like tricks or like format ideas or things like that because it's just me being like oh i guess i could do that you know um yeah. and it's and it's a lot of fun I, and i really like the the response that we've gotten from it so far especially from young people i it i i feel like bolero was a book that was very much made for like people in their 20s mm -hmm. and so it like you know we have a we have an official instagram for nights and it's been fun seeing like teenagers yeah. follow it and like tag us in it and post about it and be like i really love this book and i'm like yeah, like this, this, you know, I want people to feel the way that I would have wanted to feel if I discovered nights when I was a teenager. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, no, it's like I, you know, I, I think it's really cool because it's like you know, like some of the stuff, like you know, it's cool to have like, you know, like just talk about like you know, make you feel like a teenager again, or like you know, when you're in love, or like when you're like you know, like kind of like heartbroken or something over someone. So it's yeah. cool. Yeah um can you talk a little bit because it's like it's cool like all the like kind of like the lore of this where it's like you know there's like vampires and like ghosts and like kind of the world building aspect because i'm like that's really rad oh man so it's funny because it's it's gonna be hard not to talk about the book and and certain things that i have uh read about it online that have not been nice <laughs> oh oh no um don't and, go on don't go online. Like, let me address my fucking haters out there but yeah. i guess like a, you know it's like these things don't exist in a vacuum so i can talk about where i'm kind of coming from on this stuff but uh you know i my, my wife and i talked about it a lot i'm not overtly fond of world building mm -hmm. um specifically in that i feel like it's very easy for people to get high off of that 
Yeah. Um, and to mistake it for story and to mm -hmm. mistake it for anything that it's not. Yeah. Um, and it and it's never really interested me. It feels like homework at a certain point mm -hmm. um, versus something that I feel is more interesting, which is setting. Yeah. Um, allowing something to exist in a way and for it to be treated by characters in the story like anyone would in our own world, you know? Mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I try to be very upfront with like that page one of nights and being like, here's the rules. Florida's owned by Spain. America's 31 states. The internet basically doesn't exist, yeah. you know? Yeah. And supernatural creatures exist. And that was me just being like, there, you know, there you go. That's all you need to know. You don't need, because the, 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 the big thing to me is the world, the quote unquote world building stuff, isn't relevant it's not really important you know I, i've had people ask about like oh i'd really like to know like what's the history of this alternate america you're not gonna know because a personally i don't really care yeah it's not about that it's mm -hmm. about this kid with his friends mm -hmm. and the situations and the adventures and the emotions that they get into you know, it, 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 not, not to be all, uh, Bruce Willis and Looper about it. And I'm just yeah. like slamming my fist on the table. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Doesn't but, matter like, yeah. You know, but it's like, but the, the thing that I do enjoy though, is that like, when you kind of have what I, what I like doing with it is that it's so low in terms of like, these are the rules. They're very, they're very small ones. Just like supernatural creatures exist. I don't really need to get into the hierarchy of how these exist and blah, blah, blah. It's just like, I can just allow it to fit where it needs to, you know, mm. we're in, in subsequent issues, we're having different creatures show up and some of them play major parts in the story. And some of them are kind of like gag one-off things, but it kind of doesn't matter their usage. Cause it's just kind of like, well, we know that they exist. So like, what are you going to do with them? Yeah. You know? Um, and I, there is a subsection of world building that will be done about the main location of, of the book. Um, and that's more out of like what the scope of the story is growing into. Mm -hmm. But uh, there, There's never going to be, you know, a kind of like uh, a Cimmerillion style. Like <laughs> here's cool, the history of like the yeah. world of nights. Cause it's just kind of like, I don't, it doesn't matter. And also yeah. I think I like, genuinely reading people's takes on these things and like what their imagination like fills in, into there because I like creating things where people will comfortably bring their own baggage to it. Yeah. Uh, and especially with like a world like this, cause I, I you know, I've seen, I, I remember I saw a comment once uh, on a positive review and it was someone saying that like, well, the world building just feels shallow and it introduces things and then they never come up again. And my first response to that is always, bro, it, we've been out for three fucking issues. Yeah. yeah. Like we're we're planning for 31. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I think we can allow ourselves to like breathe a little bit. But yeah. also it's a kind of thing of just like, you know, you know, I I love um, you know, I love Richard Linklater movies. I mm -hmm. love Donald Glover projects like Atlanta and the foundation oh, yeah. of a lot of projects like that are you're not going to get answers sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, but it doesn't matter what the answer would have been. Yeah. And also it's a little bit more meaningful in a way if something can leave an impression on you and you're never going to see it again. Yeah. No. You know, like yeah. there, there are, you know, issue two, <laughs> this isn't really a spoiler, but I love 
I love people's response to issue two mm-hmm. because of how many people love Starvin. <laughs> like I love yeah. that of a weird little talking mole that is <laughs> life advice. We're yeah. never going to see him again. Oh, dude, I, I I like that character. I wish I had my <laughs> <I own> Starman. <laughs> but it's like, if, but if I had him popping up all the time, I feel like the the special yeah. of experiencing in real time with the main character of like, and then he meets this mole, and they're really nice, and yeah, they have this journey together, and then you're just never going to see them again. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, I think it's because like as a kid, um, I I'm. And even as an adult, I always get crazy bummed in a good way. I get bummed in stories when a character, you know, meets or like forms like a, a you know, friend. You know, it's the Wizard of Oz kind of a thing. I'm just like, you meet all these people and they're amazing and you, you know, form close bonds. And then you get to the end of the story and the end of the journey. And it's like, and now you're never going to see each other again. Yeah. You know, and like, yeah. even, it's like it bums you out because it's just like, you form that attachment and you think about like, man, if I couldn't see that person ever again, that would probably bum me out. But man, I'm, a, I'm glad I experienced that, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just like life sometimes too. Like there's just people where it's like, you'll only like uh, hang out with them or like be really close for like a certain amount of time. And then like, you know, things change. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Going a little deep there, but like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's what I, I mean, you it's what I strive for in my work. So we we'll, we can we can get fucking real, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's like uh, kind of like I was curious. I know like uh, you, you know, like the lore is like lore, but like um, you know, like do you did any? Ah, sorry, did you have any like vampire like sort of like like movies or like characters that you really enjoy? Even though like you know, backstory is like whatever. But like if you're like thinking about it, I mean, so it's. It's complicated to answer this without uh, without also giving spoilers for the book. Okay, for um, sure. But so the way I'll dance around it is that um, I guess the biggest inspirations for me were "Let the Right One In," um, that the book and the and the Swedish film. Okay, that's um, a great, both great films. Love it. Uh, I I love. I love the innocence of it when it is innocent. Um, mm-hmm. I I love um, so, so so something that me and when when Luigi and I'm uh, the artist on the book. Yes. Uh, when when he and I were developing it, we actually had the characters much older. We had them in their twenties, okay. and we had we had our we had our lead Vince uh, in in his twenties as well. Yeah. Um, and as as I was like doing different passes and everything, and just kind of trying to flesh out the the heart of it. I just kept on hitting this wall and I was like, something's just not working here, man. Like I, yeah. I don't know what it is. And I took, uh, I took like a walk at like 3 AM and I was just listening to music and I was just like kind of thinking. And I just like frantically like message because Luigi lives in uh, he lives in Glasgow in, in Scotland. And yeah. I, I message him and I'm like, I think I figured out what the problem is. And, and I go, I think Vince is too old. I think we mm. need to, 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 to bring it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think we had it as like he was like 21 in like the earliest version. Yeah. And Luigi was like, well, maybe we should like bring him back to 19. And then we both kind of have this pause and we're both kind of like, he needs to be like 16 or 17. Yeah. He needs to be at like a very an a decently formative age, like right before the threshold opens into quote unquote adulthood, but like just where you're still on the cusp of like having experiences that are so rooted in being juvenile and young 
and it's the right direct precursor to like adulthood. Mm -hmm. Um, and I always love like the the parts of Let the Right One in, especially the book that I always love are the scenes when um, uh, when uh, Ellie is is sneaking into Oscar's room, and they're just like laying in bed and they're just talking and they're not facing each other. They're just like sitting in the dark, and they're just like you know being very emotionally forthcoming with each other. Yeah. And I think, like that's such a wonderfully tangible feeling. Yeah. And like even the description of like, you know, like Oscar trying to like hold them for the first time in that description of like, wow, their skin is like ice cold, but I still yeah. want to hold you. And mm -hmm. I just, I've just loved moments like that. And then I guess like, um, uh, I, and I love the original, no disrespect to the original, but I have no, a yeah. big affinity for uh, the uh, uh, the 2012 or 2011 or 2012 Fright Night remake. Oh yeah, it's 2011 actually. I love. I I, I haven't I, seen that actually. I've seen the I original. Love that. It's good. I, okay. I, I love it very very much. Um, and I love once again. I I love how it hones in on this kind of like um, because I mean Anton is so great in it. Like the whole cast is amazing in a color. Yeah. Fucking R.I.P. Um, I know it's such a bummer. Um, but uh it really captures like the 2010 like teenage boy attitude in a way that really surprised me because it's written mm. by uh the uh it's it's written by um tom holland it is it like it's by the by the original yeah. uh, director not to be confused uh <laughs> um and it captures like that perfect 2010s like what it was like being a teenage boy in a kind of like slackery lazy kind of way that i just mm -hmm. really loved yeah. Um, and then uh, I guess the last one would be um, my favorite anime trilogy, uh, the the Kizu Monogatari trilogy, um, which uh, I post about <laughs> semi regularly. I think it's amazing. Um, and the vampire stuff that they do in there. I mean, like a lot of like anime stuff that I really love that plays with vampires are so fast and loose with the rules. I've always loved that. I've always loved the kind of like, you know, it's it's. It's very spongy it's very different i i i i got done watching recently with my wife um penny dreadful recently and you know the kind of like you don't always have to abide by certain rules and i'll just say with knights that like gray does and doesn't abide by certain rules but that's the point and it mm -hmm. is something that's going to be explored uh actually pretty openly by issue five and six by, oh, by, cool. by, by issue six um we're gonna kind of like i love i love in an ongoing especially like just constantly reinventing characters mm -hmm. and and by issue six gray is gonna have like a very big reinvention that kind of like oh uh changes the trajectory of the book interesting uh, okay uh that All i'm right. really excited for people to check out because i feel like so far like issue one is very like slice of life and then issue two i wanted it to feel very like you know just like wandering around with your friend late at night and mm -hmm. then issue three is like the first like okay i'm gonna talk about some i hesitate to say it's some world building stuff um yeah. character background stuff and there is some action in that one it's like got the first like real i guess action sequence of the book is in issue three but um issue five and issue six which are like the first like two-parter of the book because we wanted everything to feel kind of like a you could pick one issue up and still get a full story out of it yeah but the scope of issue five became so massive that i was like i cannot do this in one 
I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm stretching it too too much. Um, yeah. But I'm really excited for people to check that out because I feel like that's when um, uh, it it really becomes what it has always been in my eyes, but I kind of had to Trojan horse it a little bit for other people just jumping in. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it, I think it's working. It's cool. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, kind of changing gears here because you mentioned um, the artist on the book, Luigi. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, his artwork? Or Oh, um, yeah. Um, I, I think it's great. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, I love comic book art. So, yeah. Thank you. Luigi's yeah. amazing. Uh, we so we've never funny enough I had never even heard Luigi's voice until like this past month oh really yeah so <laughs> okay so when I was doing Bolero and I worked with uh, Luana Vecchio incredible mm -hmm. talented artist um, the kind of like adage of like when you're getting into comics or even when you're in comics is like you you're always working on stuff like you have to always be working on stuff um, and so while I was in the midst of Bolero you know I'm hearing from a lot of other people like think about what your next thing's gonna be and I like looking for artists first and then kind of retroactively going like, well, what would I really want to see them do? And it's usually the inverse of like what it is that they'd been doing already. Yeah. Uh, and with Luigi, he had been doing um, uh, books in Italy. Like he'd done some Dylan dog work and he'd done uh, Samuel Stern. Very, you know, cool guy and like suit gothic you know supernatural adventures kind of a thing and so he kind of had that down pat but i i started following him on instagram and then i messaged him mm -hmm. i can't even but we he and i have talked about it a lot but neither of us can remember the point where it like stopped being kind of like polite casual like business talk of like i like your work i like your work too let's like you know come up with something together and then it just immediately felt like we were just like bonding as just like two dudes crashing on a couch playing like video games. Yeah. And we realized just like how much we had in common, all the stuff that we liked, all the all the stuff that we could recommend each other to check out. And I, I you know, it, it was kind of the cherry on top of just like, I went to him with the statement of like, I love your art. And then quickly, you know, it was just like, oh, you're an amazing person and he's he's like one of my if not my like best friend at this point in mm -hmm. terms of just like every you know i i, I mm -hmm. comics can be very stressful for a lot of people it, it seems like it yeah and i feel like it's kind of needlessly so there's a lot of like you know there's, there's the there's the production aspect of things which are just a necessity it's like you're making something you have you have deadlines you are working with a team you know it's like this is what's going to happen and i've made a lot of peace with the kind of frustration of like oh, i i forgot to do this or i need to do this and we only have a day until or blah 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 but like you're still making like the most fun you know i i i've said it before to to other interviewers but it's just like i'm making a book with my best friend nice. and the stakes are so low we just love making it for us you know, we're, we're kind of of a, like, you know, money is nice and the book is, is doing well, but we're not really doing it because we're like, this is going to be the fucking IP gangbuster and we're going to get movie deal, TV deal, et cetera, et cetera. We just wanted to make a fun book, you know, yeah. and we were lucky in that when I pitched it to uh, Eric Stevenson, who's the publisher at Image, you know, I, I pitched him you know, this kind of loose approximation of like, I want to do this kind of like slice of life, supernatural love story, um, you know, and I and I kind of talked to him about like the world and the characters and where I wanted to take all the characters. And I initially pitched it to him as like an eight to 11 issue miniseries. Yeah. And I was like, 
have any like notes, you know, because he had shepherded Bolero with a lot of wonderful suggestions. Um, and I asked him, you know, if he had any notes about nights, and he goes, Yeah, you should make it an ongoing. Ooh. And I was like, Oh, okay. And then that kind of like made me had to completely reinvent those pre existing plans. Yeah. But it was fun because then it just allowed me and Luigi to just get more imaginative with yeah. it and be like, Well, you know, we could we could do whatever we want. And now that we have more issues to play with, it's like issue to issue, we could do just like crazier and crazier things uh like the the kind of rundown for stuff that we're doing in the future right now is like um we got issue four coming out next month and that's going to be focused mainly on vince's cousin ivory and then we have issue five and six which are the first two-parter which is very like gray and vince heavy and kind of the, the, the we kind of envision each of the runs of the book is like issues one through 11 is kind of season one if it were a tv show mm-hmm next batch of 10 issues would be season two and then the final batch would be the the last season yeah and so issues five and six are kind of like the mid-season point where things are really like turning um but it's just fun because like working with luigi his character designs are fantastic but i could get lost in that man's backgrounds they're so good good. and i'll give him things that i'm like I, i i i'm not I'm not Alan Moore levels of like, I'm going to write an entire essay about like what the location is going to be. Because <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's very reductive. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, it, I feel like it's very reductive to the artist's imagination. Mm-hmm. And so issue five and six take place at a water park. And I didn't give Luigi any major specifications. I gave him some reference photos and I was just kind of like, I want to see what your version of this looks like. And it yeah. looks so good. And I can't wait for people to see it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and we, he and I often talk about like crafting locations that just don't feel real, but you want to be there or you almost feel like you remember it. Like I, 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 I love like the gas station in issue two in the middle yeah. of the woods. Yeah. Like it's such a mundane thing that I feel like is just so gorgeous. And also our, our, our colorist Francesco Segala, I feel like is, is also just like knocking it out of the park with how beautifully he he renders Luigi's artwork with just all of the colors. I, I think it just looks great. But I just, you know, we he and I, we we have this, Luigi and I, we have this wonderful shorthand where I just ping him. I send him the scripts. We talk about it. And then after that, we just mainly just talk about whatever the hell we want to and make jokes or we, we just talk about things that are just going to keep us excited about doing the book. Because yeah. we know it's going to be a lengthy commitment. And, you know, it's I think about that Bo Burnham quote where he's like, I'm in the service industry, man. And the minute that I'm <laughs> doing a bad job, fire me. And we don't yeah. want to lose the quality that we feel like we're maintaining with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I'm been, you know, reading it for like, you know, a couple issues now and it's, yeah, pretty solid. So I am very, I'm very excited to uh, see the next issue uh, when the comic store puts in that order and it's there, <laughs> read the third issue. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah no of course of course because yeah no it's it's cool like always uh support independent artists independent comics especially because it's like yes. yeah as much as i love batman i'm a batman stan <laughs> i'm a spider-man stan like you can't always read just batman just spider-man like there's other cool shit in comics which yeah i i appreciate that and i wish i i would really like more people i don't i i do love a lot of superhero stuff I don't have the hate boner for superheroes that someone like a Garth Ennis does. Yeah. But, he he oddly likes Superman, though. That's weird. 
Say again, sorry. I think oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. He oddly likes Superman for some reason. He hates everyone except Superman. Which you'd never expect considering uh, Homelander as a character. Yeah, he's he's like the Morrissey of uh, uh, comic book characters. Truly, and I love <laughs> Superman. Superman is probably my favorite DC character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do agree with Garth Ennis' quote uh, about like that there should be more comics beyond just superhero comics. That yeah. you know, it's like kitchen sink dramas, you know, romance, you know, western. Like I, I really, really hope that more people are open to like broadening their horizons. And that's part of why like Knights is kind of like a fun like um, experiment in some ways because like issue to issue, we always talk about like wanting to like switch genres or like format ideas and. It's just fun to try and remind people, like, you can do a lot of different things with this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. um, Yeah, just kind of, I guess, uh, I guess we'll segue to the next topic in a second. But anything you want to, like, uh, say or, like, kind of, uh, you know, maybe, like, um, I know you kind of, like, hinted at for their issues. Anything to, uh, you know, people to look forward to? Um. Yeah, I mean, I can I can lay it out uh, coming up, and I think one of these would be another another good segue for the other topic. That oh I yeah, yeah. Cover was that. Um, so uh, after the the issue five and six, um, and that's going to kind of be the cap that'll be collected in the first trade, which will be out next year. Um, the kind of subsequent back half of the of the of the of the first season is going to be um, a Halloween issue that I'm really excited for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, the Christmas issue that I'm, I wish, I wish if we had gone back in time and if the book had come out sooner, if it had, if it was able to come out this month, I would be so thrilled, but it's probably going to come out like the spring or summer of next year. Yeah. It won't bother me because I'm hopeful that people will just like, maybe they'll want to just crack it open when Christmas time comes next year. Yeah. Um, and then we have, you know, uh, the, the, another, uh, two part kind of like season finale. Um, and that's another big, um, that's another big game changer. That's a, that's a big tonal changer for that one. I know it's very, um, uh, overused a lot, but, uh, the second season of the book or what we have planned with the second season of the book is a lot darker uh, than where things are right now mm-hmm. so I would say to people that are enjoying the kind of like lighter fun slice of life hangout tone that we've got right now enjoy it while it lasts mm-hmm. <laughs> because the subsequent issues uh, especially the, the 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 tail end of this first run issues 10 and 11 um, that's that's going to be the first taste of like oh no this is gonna this is about to get very very dark very very quickly yeah uh, and no one is safe just to let people know nobody is safe um, we're not pulling punches on things, so okay. All right. No, well. you don't get to that last page of issue <laughs> one without there being some major consequences. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I'll, I'll look forward to that, and I hope uh, listeners uh, check out Nights, which is on sale at your local comic book store anywhere. Yeah, um, definitely check it out. So, um, in Bolero, in Nights, there were um some like winter sort of scenery, some Christmas yeah. stuff. Um, so I guess because I was like when I pitched this episode to you I'm like do you want to talk about Christmas movies and you're like yeah sure so Wyatt um, any Christmas movie recommendations that you may have because I'm interested because like two of your books now have had holiday Christmas stuff in yeah. it. I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm from the Shane Black knockoff school of just like, I love Christmas, man. I love yeah, it. I, I, 
I love Shane Black, my favorite screenwriter. Oh, uh, likewise. Uh, he's, I mean, like, it's cliche to say, but one of them was going to be Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, you nice. Know, okay. Yeah. That movie, that movie rules. I know it's at this point, I remember, I remember just when I was a freshman in college at the height of like Tumblr era stuff and in the film kind of like kid scene, it was slowly becoming that new kind of like underground, like, hey, I know everyone's watching Iron Man, but have you ever seen this movie that Robert Downey Jr. did right before? It's like, mm-hmm dark and funny and clever and violent you know everybody knows about kiss kiss bang bang i feel like um so it's not it's not something i can reinvent like trying to sell people and it's like it's val kilmer and robert downey jr directed and written by shane black top like everyone top of their game it's amazing um but that one recent christmas movie i really loved was uh was uh alexander payne's the holdovers yeah, that one's that one's really good. I I really enjoyed that film. It it felt really like um, I don't know. Yeah, like it's a Christmas movie. I love Christmas movies, but like it's also just like it's very unique because it's like a lot of people are like alone on Christmas, you know? Yes. It's like, yeah. Characters. Yeah. It's, it's, I I I think it was Shane Black that said that like the reason why Christmas can be so fun to set something in, and I I, I wholeheartedly agree is that like it. It, it heightens loneliness. It heightens all emotions, mm-hmm. but loneliness is especially the top of the list. And I love how the holdovers handles that. I, I mean, I just, I, this has been a great year for like kitchen sink, like lower budgeted, like dramas. Yeah. And the holdovers just like floored me, especially with Paul Giamatti just being incredible. My, my wife and I have been quoting that movie so often, but just like, you know, it, it, I'm curious with, for you, it's like, what's the delineation? Yes. I mean, like what is a Christmas movie and what's a Christmas movie or what's a movie set at Christmas? You yes. know, yeah. like, you know, the old diehard debate of like, it's a Christmas movie. And I'm yeah. like, at this point, I don't think it matters because the joke has just been run into the ground. Yeah. All right. Good, sir. I have, I have always prepared for this because it's like, this oh, is, I'm ready. yeah, Christmas movie. It's like the character arc has to, has to be like, like in Christmas. Cause it's like John McClane, like it has to be tied into like basically just the holiday, the season, the spirit. They learn the spirit, the true meaning of Christmas. Yeah, because it's like John McClane, his character arc is he messed up. You know, his wife uh, separated from him. She moved away for a reason uh, that we'll learn about in other films that he's just like, you know, like he's just not the, not the best husband and you like he wasn't there. Yeah. And it's like he goes to go see her. Um, I always throw this joke at people, but it's like it's the most LA joke because it's like he's gonna. So he she lives in Culver City, <laughs> and he was planning to stay in Pomona, which uh, I lived at one point, and it's that is fucking far. That is that's, <laughs> that's like he would granted. Um, so well, this is in the eighties. The freeways would not have been developed. There would be less traffic, mm-hmm. but he would still have to at least like two out, like maybe an hour and a half each time going back and forth. But anyway, um, <laughs> to commute to Culver city, but yeah, he, um, he, um, goes back and like, he like learns like his mistake of like not being there for his family and, uh, through the arc of this film. It's an action movie. It's whatever, but yeah, it's like, that's like very like profoundly, uh, in the christmas spirit because it's like you know you reflect on a lot of stuff you think about things you're like man like i wasn't cool or i wish you know i wish i told this person something or 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 you know i wish like i could be around this person during the holidays because now we're not like talking or something you know yeah 
So yeah. I would probably also say um, prerequisite, uh, if, if there had to be a version of a Christmas Carol, it's obviously Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, so glad that on Disney Plus now they have the version that has the the deleted song. Glad that they put that one back in there. Um, I mean, like I don't know. It's it's funny because it's like I feel like Christmas good Christmas movies are not made very often. They're very far and few in between. The ones that hit the cultural zeitgeist are like the ones that we've all seen ad nauseum. So it's like you know, it's like Elf, fantastic, yeah. National yeah. Lampoon Christmas Vacation, great, you know. Home Alone, great, you know, like uh-huh. all, of, all of those things. That's like, yeah, well, we we know those things. That's like, I'm more weirdly, I'm drawn to like really good Christmas TV episodes. Mm-hmm. I feel like we don't talk about those enough sometimes. Oh or, yeah, where it's like, you know, like the Bear, for example, their Christmas episode that I wish had they not done the binge model, if it had come out this month, yeah, well, all anyone would be talking about. <laughs> well, I'm currently on season two of the Bear. I have not watched the Christmas episode, so I am planning my pinch to be like the twenty fourth. I'll watch that Christmas episode. Buckle up! It's a, <laughs> I mean, it's a feature length episode. No, oh, is it? Oh, it shit. is, and I will. Okay. Not, I, do you know anything about the guest stars in it? Uh, I know Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. Uh, what's Better Call Saul? What's his face? Yes, Bob Odenkirk's in it. Jamie is in it. Oh um, no! <laughs> no, not it is, it is so good and so stressful and perfectly captures that. Like it's it's. I mean, it's a borderline bottle episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, all right. All right. Um, and I I love that element to it. But I mean, like you know, even um uh you know uh Bruce Timm's Justice League cartoon or like oh, Batman the animated series. Yeah. Great episodes. The um, uh yeah new Batman Adventures that episode where it's all holiday themed. Oh yeah. I, yep. Silent. I, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I love I love the last vignette which is just Batman and Commissioner Gordon getting coffee. They, yeah. yeah. On New Year's Eve, uh, I guess when the bell drops, their tradition is just to go to a diner and just have coffee yep. until Batman just like dips out so he doesn't have to check. Yeah. Just like. <laughs> so rude um it's uh, like no, it's, he... it's so good yeah um also the justice league episode uh the christmas one it's like comfort and joy where it's like yes yeah with yeah, yeah. yeah. or not, oh, not, no, not no. Really ultra humanite ultra That's... humanite they're they're yeah. very commonly mistaken they're both yes. uh apes or i don't know there's so many apes. i remember once <laughs> i was watching something with my wife dc related and she asked me if it was like like I it might have been when we were watching Peacemaker and she was like, Oh, is that Gorilla Grodd? And I go, I don't think it's Gorilla Grodd. And she goes, How many apes are in DC comics? And I'm well, listing them. <laughs> it's like, it's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I know. It's like Gorilla Grodd, Monster Maw, Ultra Human Knight. Detective Sol- Chimp, if you want to Det- be <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot. Oh my god. I, I I think about this sometimes. Like, what do what do regular people think about comic books? It's like <laughs> <laughs> like because it's in the world um, yeah it's like do they just like there are three ape characters in the dc universe that are villains okay i'm not reading this <laughs> and, and people are like i wonder why no one wants to actually read comics right now <laughs> and yet a less hard time trying to sell people on something like one piece as opposed to like oh no, yeah three apes in that batman has fought but they're they don't all hang out <laughs> yeah um, I'm trying to think of other like Christmas mo- like I'm I'm trying I'm to so think t- under the radar kind of like yeah good one. Um, what what about what about you? What what do you have? What are your like annual staples? 
Yeah, yeah, for like uh Christmas movies or like just shows or something. Christmas movies, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um for Christmas movies, um, which is it's very unconventional, but every Christmas Eve I try to double feature um Die Hard and It's a Wonderful Life. Oh every, yeah. Yeah. So it's like um because my parents, when I'm like home and visiting them, staying with them, they watch It's a Wonderful Life because it's on cable every year. And that's kind of like our tradition and it's great. And I freaking love that movie that movie is like amazing they watch the black and white one or the ted turner coloring book edition uh not the coloring book edition that's uh <laughs> that is uh that's her is anti-art i don't know as long as he didn't destroy yeah, those... <laughs> yeah as long as he didn't destroy those negatives but um uh yeah black and white um yeah it gets me every time not afraid to say that last that very last scene where he's like no man is a failure who has friends i'm like god damn it <laughs> All the tears start coming. Um, that one's yeah, that one's great. But uh, yeah, uh, I think they go really well together. Die Hard and It's a Wonderful Life. Every uh, uh, Gremlins. Gremlins is another one that I. Just oh remember. yeah, Gremlins is good. Yeah, um, Gremlins is good despite that one scene, which is like uh, my 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 uh, father horribly died in a chimney accident dressed the Santa. Scene is so out of nowhere. It's so out of pocket. Yeah. It makes the joke in Gremlins 2 even better. <laughs> when yes. She, when she's about to, I think it's like, it was Arbor Day, sweetie. I know you want to, but we can't do this right now. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. Yeah. Oh, man. That, I love that joke, too. In Gremlins. Movie, it would have even been more peak for me. <laughs> What's up? If Gremlins 2 had been a Christmas movie, it would have been even like. Yeah. I don't even know how to describe Gremlins 2. Like, it's just like a Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah, it's like they're in Donald Trump Tower, but not called Donald Trump Tower. Oh my there's, God. There's, yeah, there's a Trump character that's clearly Trump, but not. Hulk Hogan has a cameo. Daffy Duck is in the credits for some reason. <laughs> right. I mean, well, I, I, feel like the da- I feel like the Daffy Duck thing is like the weird, like, uh, Rosetta Stone to that movie and to mm. Gremlins the whole yeah. Because you know you got the you got the uh the uh was it is it the is it Chuck Jones or is it Mel Blanc that uh that um the lead kid is sitting to in the first movie when he's showing him uh the the doodle that he does I think it's Chuck Jones actually yeah I, I think so because it's like I think it was in the eighties so he probably was yeah yeah because yeah Chuck, I, I think it's like Chuck Jones season is like man. Eh, it's all right, kid. You know, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's and you're aware it's Chuck <laughs> Jones. You're like, it's hilarious. But mm-hmm. I feel like, like, all of it being so like heavily like Tex Avery, Chuck Jones, you know, cartoon influence that like seeing Daffy Duck in the opening credits doesn't even phase me in any way because I'm just like, yeah, I know exactly where I am, where I am. You know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, it's cool. It's like, yeah, no, the, that is the Rosetta Stone. I love the Looney Tunes. They are great. Um. Yeah. <laughs> said never never a phrase never uttered by david zaslov <laughs> <laughs> i know i know uh that's that's wild coyote versus acme uh a warner brothers looney tune movie not released by warner brothers 70 million dollars yeah uh yeah that's ntr yeah tax right off yeah. jesus christ um but but anyway uh any christmas movies uh that i still watch are like um black christmas um the original i was gonna say which one because we've got yeah there's three <laughs> i kind of like the Blumhouse one kind of like i've never seen that i remember it getting so much hate but i never saw it well it's i thought it was fairly good i thought it was yeah. good yeah oh uh, krampus. krampus krampus yes i, I, I like the I, Krampus. 
yeah i try to watch that um but not every year krampus is great um uh, uh was it a christmas story not a christmas yeah. story christmas a christmas story home alone and you know those are like you know those are the regulars those are like all right watch this every year to feel in the spirit wrap some gifts too is there do you have a guilty pleasure christmas one where you're like i know it's bad but i'll still <laughs> yeah yeah it's a christmas special that i watched as a kid when i had the flu um that stood with me because it's like when you have the flu and you're a kid you like i think like your brain isn't working or you hallucinate or things are better is it animated or is it live action it's animated i bet i i bet i might know if you say it but i'll let you say it all right grandma got run over by a reindeer ah yes (laughs) with the iconic song grandma grandpa got to sue's the pants off of santa Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah Yeah. oh yeah you've seen it yeah i I have i own the vhs oh god you had it yes with cousin mel yeah oh my god that's a weird that's a weird movie that's really weird it is a garbage movie that i love watching yeah god awful yeah Yeah, it's 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 i don't know how to describe it i guess you just have to watch it but it's like it's like i don't know it's like literally the lyrics of grandma got ran over by a reindeer and some well yeah some executive was like let's make an animated movie from of that produced by warner brothers produced by warner brothers yeah it aired on the yeah, yeah it aired on the wb but yeah, uh, I watched that when I was like super sick during the holiday season, and it's like I think that was a fever dream of a movie, and I was also having fever dreams. <laughs> there's a there's a really obscure Christmas special that I remember. I think I I'm ninety nine percent certain, but I could be wrong. I think it was Ardman produced. It was uh, called Robbie. Oh, Ro- Robbie, Robbie the reindeer. He yeah. was the son of Rudolph. Yes, I remember. Been- I saw uh-huh. it. I saw it three different times. But the weird thing is, is it's like it's like a it's like when you're talking to someone about anime, and it's like, which dub did you see? Because yeah, because British and yeah, American. Mm-hmm. I I saw I saw it on VHS first, and then I saw it on Kids WB later, where it had mm-hmm. been dubbed. And I think they had like Jason Isaacs or like it was like something. And then I think like CBS or NBC aired it yes. a third time. Mm-hmm. I think they had like Ewan McGregor uh, as like the lead. It was like, and I just remember each time being like, "Why does everyone sound different? I don't get it." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's like because it's like I think well, Ben Stiller was the American. That's right. It was Ben Stiller. Ben, yeah, Ben. Oh, I forgot who's like. It's like Craig Ferguson, maybe in the British. Oh, I don't know. That's so weird. It's yeah, so, maybe it's I don't Craig. even know if it was Ardman or not. But I, I, it's claiming. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It could have not been in an Ardman style. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised you're the only person I've ever brought it up to. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. I know all the deep cuts. Um, it's you got know. like two sequels, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It has like hooves of fire and then. That's right. Else. See, like I, I joke to people, like I have all this useless film and TV knowledge. Like instead of um, knowing how to change a tire or like how to like um, change your oil <laughs> or like, you know, practical life skills, I have like what i know what year uh robbie the reindeer came out you know that's what's uh i'm glad you and i have that in common because when i ask you like actual real world things and she explains them to me i'm like wow that's crazy do you want to hear the history of ridley scott's robin hood and how it started off as a script called nottingham (laughs) 
It was about the sheriff of Nottingham and Robin Hood were the same person. <laughs> and she's like, no. Oh, I don't know how many times she's probably heard me talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. It's my weird, it's my weird fascination. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how did that start there and then end there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> kind of uh changing gears to our last topic here. Um we had been kind of having this question on podcasts for the holiday season. Uh kind of changed it up here because it's comics. Um kind of like, you know, I don't know, question. What comic book character would you take to a holiday party? Your function. I don't know, plus one. Doesn't have to be your date, just could be like, you know, taking a friend or something. Mm, uh, my instinctual answer yes. is because uh, he is my favorite um weird weird subsection. My favorite DC character, Superman. Yeah. My Marvel character or my favorite Marvel superhero is Spider-Man, but my favorite mm-hmm. Marvel character is Nightcrawler. And Nightcrawler okay. would be but specifically, uh not to be not to be all um actually about it, but specifically um the Excalibur Chris Claremont era, he is the coolest, funniest, sexiest dude in the room, Nightcrawler. Oh, that man. is the dude that's filled with genuine holiday cheer, uh yeah. religion. Nightcrawler, keep him far away from me. <laughs> I do not vibe with that guy. I would yeah. not want to go to the holiday function with him because he would be lame and he would be very Catholic about it. But yeah. like Excalibur, I'm sleeping with Storm and Kitty Pride, <laughs> and like everybody loves me. Oh, um, he would be so much fun. Yeah. He would be best, uh, unequivocally. Yeah. Absolutely. In, in recent runs, they've really like amped up the Catholic guilt for him and well like, now they're dialing back now they're going yeah. the opposite direction yeah. now he's fucking again and i'm like cool the cool yeah. guy is back. I yeah he's a good x-men um that's a good choice yeah that's a good choice i would love to like that specific um era of nightcrawler i'd love to like go to a holiday party a new year's party with him oh you know he would be, be like great he would be charming and would be like doing tricks and shit <laughs> have like a great sweater you know yeah yeah like, yeah you probably you'd you'd probably honestly though you'd get there with him you'd be having a good time with him and then you'd like lose him about middle of the party and then he'd probably be like macking on some other like you know <laughs> the, the, the 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 Charles Xavier's mm-hmm. the youngsters is just Charles Xavier's like house of swingers yeah everybody is being with everybody there it doesn't matter who yeah yeah um but yeah no that's cool um i was gonna say i guess yeah we'll do like dc and marvel i would take a the dc character i would take thinking about this thinking about this uh i want to do two if that's cool yeah yeah, yeah. no limits i want to take nightwing and alfred be cool you know what nightwing was all dick grayson was always was he was almost my pick because i was like i want someone well adjusted who's gonna have a good time yeah (laughs) Because for Marvel, uh, b- besides Nightcrawler, I almost said uh, Daredevil. I almost said Matt Murdock. Oh, yeah. You'd be cool. Yeah. Matt Murdock and Christmas to me are so mm-hmm. technically iconic. Uh, Mark Wade, I'm not Daredevil sweater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Incredible. It's good. It's good. Uh, Marvel, I would take Wolverine because I think Wolverine needs to, uh, you know, get out. He needs to not be by himself during Christmas because I, when people, it says a lot about your favorite X Men. Um, Mine is Wolverine. I know it's a very 
basic <laughs> answer, but it is Wolverine. I know? mean, he's he's the best at what he does. And plus, you know, if you got him out, uh, you know, you could surround him by like Christmas, so no one would have to hear about Boxing Day. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah yeah those, yeah. Are, those are good picks. These are yeah I think I think I think we uh I think we workshop this pretty well. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Um, take, it, take it over to Marvel and DC and allow <laughs> do holiday specials with each of them. Yeah, they, I do miss them. DC still does oh, it yeah. occasionally. I do yeah. miss when both companies would do like a big oversized yeah uh, a issue. I, I wish yeah. They I love those because sometimes they had like really good stories. Like um, I, I don't, I don't think it was in a specific uh, issue, but the uh, there's like a Marvel team up where it's like full, uh, Human Torch and Spider Man. I know like, that. Yeah. Yeah. I think Dan Slott wrote that one, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, no, no, it was like in the 70s. It's, was it in it's the like, 70s? It's like it's like they have to. They're trying to stop the Sandman on Christmas. Oh, and then the Sandman just wants to go to his mom to like wish her like give a gift, and they're like, "All right, like we're not gonna like take you in, but maybe in the new year." I want, I want more writers to capitalize on Spider Man at Christmas. It feels yeah. so right. I love the Miles Morales game for like actively like linking that together by having it be Christmas set, but like mm -hmm. and like, you know, No Way Home kind of tries to in the last five minutes, but yeah, like, yeah. They made yeah. that the, if they made the whole movie set at Christmas, I would be like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, um, a lot of good, a lot of good Christmas recommendations. Uh, you know, this this was great. Um, I guess just kind of like wrapping up here. Um, you know, I just want to say, uh, you know, thank you, uh, thank you, Wyatt, for you know being on the podcast. This was cool to finally have you. <laughs> made it happen. Thank we you. Gotta like, yeah, of course, we got to talk. We got to like chill about like you know all our favorite like weird hyperfixations. <laughs> You know, the and, only place you can hear two people consciously talk about Robbie the Reindeer. <laughs> yes, it, yeah, I think so. I think so. I don't know any other podcast that would like know that. You know, no, just just the Waffle Press podcast. You is... well, when you when you outed yourself as a Venture Brothers fan to me, ah, uh, yeah, you're not a you can't be a fan of that show and not have the most like eclectic, wide, useless range of like. <laughs> culture knowledge uh, yeah i love the bench brothers oh there you go uh oh, yeah, brothers, Avengers, christmas, christmas yeah, christmas. yeah. yeah that has in it yeah that does <laughs> um but anyway uh yeah um any anything uh any like social media or any plugs you want to do before uh before we uh, let you go away uh i i am on i i what am i on i am only on instagram currently okay. Uh, okay. so you can find my personal account where i really I, I very rarely post much there. I only really post to my story, but it's at the Lavender Lemons. And then um, if you're a fan of Knights, like go and check it out and follow our Instagram and at, uh, at Knights Comic Book, uh, where mm -hmm. we post a lot more about <laughs> that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think those are the the only two slots. Uh, Knights issue three is out in stores now. Issue four comes out January 4th, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, and Knights has a merch shop, so if if there's Ooh. people checking them out and they want to get something for themselves for the holiday or something for somebody else who is a fan as well, like go and check that out. Cool, yeah, I'll I'll be sure to uh, put all the links for those in the description. Awesome, man. Yeah, yeah thank I. Yeah, no, thank thank you for being here. Thanks for your time. Like this was great. I'm I'm glad this finally happened. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, hope hope you have a good Christmas. Uh, as well, happy holidays. 
and everything. So yeah, and then we hope to have you back too. Yeah, yeah just, dude, I would love to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you like a Robbie the Reindeer special? Oh my God, yes, please. I would love to break down Robbie the Reindeer post holiday. Like just like I, I I will do crazy meticulous research on that to find out why there were three dubs of it. Oh my God, we'll, we'll find it out. We'll find it out. But uh, yeah, I guess this has been the show. Uh, thank you again. Uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter, Instagram at the Waffle Press. Um, on Twitter at the Waffle Press Podcast. On Instagram, or on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube like share subscribe uh thanks for listening thanks for watching we've been professionally unprofessional <laughs>